This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Welcome to How Far We've Come, our podcast series in partnership with NGS Super. This time around, we're chatting about education, and just like education can help shape our future, NGS Super is all about helping you plan for what's ahead. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. Here at The Squeeze Claire, of course, we're all about arming you with knowledge and information so you know more about the events that shape our world. We reckon that taking a look at the big moments is really useful in understanding how things are today. So in this series of How Far We've Come, we're digging into education and there's a simple reason for that. And it's because it's so crucial to telling exactly how Australia has realised its potential so far, but also how we're placed to deal with the challenges of the future. So to get you across it, we're going to be covering everything from the birth of compulsory schooling to vocational education and TAFE. And from free uni to hex fees, which I'm sure will be relevant to many people listening. If you've ever wondered why people were asking if we gave a Gonski, we'll talk about that. The mystery that is NAPLAN, this series will get you across it all. Yep. And to finish, we're going to explore how technology is giving our classrooms a makeover because that is clearly a very big next thing. Yeah, we're starting though today with schools, how we got compulsory education in Australia, how the primary and secondary school systems have developed and what the big issues are today. Let's get into it. Ah, the soothing sounds of a playground, Claire. Does it take you back? Yeah, you know what? It kind of does. <laughs> I really loved my time at school. I so did too. I'm a bit excited about that. Yeah. It was a really happy time. It was a happy time for me too, and we know that's not always the experience for everyone, but I'm sure teachers out there will be pleased to know there was at least two of us who really loved <laughs> school. I come from a family of school teachers too, so yeah. I know they'll be stoked to hear that. I reckon a good place to start today, Claire, is to state what we take for granted, and that's actually access to education at the primary and secondary level. It's a real feature of Australia. It's something that we just do, that our parents did, that our grandparents did, that our great-grandparents probably did as well. Yeah, but of course it wasn't always this way. Fun fact, Victoria was one of the pioneers in the world in providing free, compulsory and secular education. We'll get into the details in the next segment because it is a great story. It is, and of course our public schools sit in a system with private schools. So to give you the lay of the land, the numbers change a bit depending on where you are, but the rule of thumb is about two-thirds of kids go to public schools and a third go to private schools. I actually didn't realise it was that much. That much, yeah. yeah. Um, In the private stream, it's dominated by Catholic schools. Yeah, about 20% of students last year went to a Catholic school. Uh, We often talk about the quirks of our cooperative federalism and the education system is no exception to that. Schools are funded through a combination of Commonwealth funding, state and territory government funding, funding from fees, also charges and other parental and private contributions. Yeah, there's a lot of history in there too. The funding of schools has always been a political hot potato. More on that in future episodes. Love the political hot potato (laughs) stuff. But Claire, before we look into how we got the school system we have, 
talk us through a couple more basics. So two more things to note. Primary and secondary schooling is compulsory for kids aged 6 to 16 years old. Uh, At a minimum, that's 11 years of school where kids get 11,000 hours of formal education. The full school experience, of course, goes for 13 years up to year 12. Yeah, that's the basics. Let's take a stroll through history now and a humble brag, I guess, about our nation's role in pioneering compulsory schooling. Claire, it's the 1870s. No digital whiteboards, no iPads in classrooms, and certainly no aircon or carpeted classrooms. It's the 1870s, and compulsory education is not a thing. Yeah, I don't think even I had carpeted classrooms, but anyway. I did. No, definitely not. <laughs> no aircon either. Anyway, it's not about me. Um, and this is, that was not in the 1870s. <laughs> no, You're not. Well, that is true. Uh, let, not even the 1970s. Uh, let me set the scene. <laughs> So Australia was a bunch of colonies. We were 30-ish years away from becoming a nation. The number of people who live here was over 1 million. Our towns and our cities were growing pretty quickly and it was very clear that if we were going to get ahead, we needed an educated population. Yeah, it's fair to say at the time that the education system was uncoordinated and inefficient. There were plenty of kids who didn't go to school. For any kids listening who are grumbling about having to go to school... They can thank Victoria's politicians in the 1800s for getting the ball rolling. Yeah, they sure can. It's sometimes it's nice to have someone to blame for these things. That's true. <laughs> so we're starting in Victoria in the 1850s. It had just split from New South Wales and those in charge inherited two types of schools. There were those that were linked to a church and those that weren't. The government, though, saw value in what they were doing and they chipped in some cash to help them run. Yeah, how it worked was that locals had to provide a minimum number of students and raise money for school buildings. The good old PNC. Exactly. Yeah. The government paid teachers salaries as long as they taught to a set curriculum and passed inspections. The people running the school could nominate the teacher, oversee their conduct, but there were big problems like what if you live somewhere where the church or community didn't run a school? Yeah, and there was another big imbalance and that was the Catholic and Protestant churches were more organised and they had buildings that they were able to really easily repurpose to become a school. Uh, So they dominated the education system. They also spent a lot of time fighting each other over their religious differences. But as Victoria's population grew, there were growing calls to sort all of this out and that led to a Royal Commission that was set up in 1866. So Royal Commissions have been around for a long time. Very long time. It was chaired by the Attorney General George Higginbotham. Great name. That commission was made out of was no (laughs) poor guy. It's a great name. He sounds like an attorney general. He sounds like from the eighteen hundreds. It's true. That commission was made up of representatives except the Catholic Church who refused to attend. Where it landed was on a bunch of recommendations to establish colony-wide, secular, so non-religious, state-funded schools. It went nowhere, Claire. Went nowhere. But again, it's because of the Catholics and the Protestants and the problems that they were having in getting along. And there was a recommendation too that there was to be a common Christianity to be taught. So you can imagine from those not two happy religions, not yeah. happy with that. Um, but a few years later, they were heading towards an election in Victoria in 1872. Schooling was the big issue. I won't go into all the ins and outs, but it was very exciting. Okay. Um, suffice to say... <laughs> James Francis was elected Premier and it was on this ticket of free secular education. He was a Conservative MP. He was. Yeah, which is 
I mean, you mightn't have expected that. He was uh, the member for Richmond and then the member for Warrnambool, if you need another fun fact. Shortly after his election, Victoria's Education Act was passed and compulsory education was born. As we mentioned earlier, this was world leading and what that meant was the government funding for church-led and other schools ceased and in practice, a lot of schools folded theirs into the new system. The Catholics, however, held on, hence the significant network of Catholic schools that remains to this day. Yeah, it all goes back to that time. Mm. So, as we said, 20% of Aussie school students attend Catholic schools today. And, Kate, the rest of Australia followed suit. So, by 1908, all of the colonies and then, of course, states after Federation, which was in 1901, they had government departments running free secular state schools. It wasn't all smooth sailing Claire, did you go to a Catholic school? No. No, I didn't either. So no. we are not. Well, you're Catholic, though. I know. We just didn't have one oh, in the area. There you go. <laughs> anyway, another fun fact. That's the third <laughs> fun fact. It wasn't all smooth sailing after that. Up next, the big issues facing the school system today. Before we do that, though, we mentioned at the start of the podcast that NGS Super has teamed up with us again to make season two of How Far We've Come possible. You would have heard us talk about them last season, but something you might not know is that NGS Super is the leading super fund for those working in the education sector. For 35 years, they've been helping people with their super and plans for retirement. And during this series, we'll be telling you the tips and tools they have to help you make the most of your tomorrow. For now, back to the episode. Turning the house into a makeshift classroom for three will be a challenge for the Bowman household. I'm a little bit anxious and maybe the children might be as well, but my motto is that I'm mum first and teacher second. COVID, Claire. Big thing when it came to our education system. So many of our kids were schooled at home, of course, for that period of time. Hearing that, our renewed sympathy to the homeschooling parents. (laughs) Oh, wasn't that a time? And, of course, you'd think it was one of the biggest shocks to the education system, but there have been plenty over the years and plenty that have had lasting effects on kids' educational outcomes. Um, One measure, though, just to relate it back to COVID, that we might note is the rates of completing Year 12 or an equivalent qualification. When you look at retention rates from Year 10 to Year 12 for full-time students, it was 79% last year. That's the lowest in 10 years. So there's a bit of working out to do about what COVID actually did to retention rates. Yeah, it was 85% five years ago. Experts have crunched the numbers and they say the decline is almost exclusively in public schools. It's exaggerated among children from low income families. Yeah, and it's a number that the government and experts are really worried about because completing school is the biggest single contributor to healthy, lifelong economic outcomes. And I really like this comment from our Federal Education Minister, Jason Clare, He said that completing school is your ticket to the show. Yeah, that's the quote. He also pointed out that nine out of 10 new jobs require a TAFE qualification or a university degree. When it comes to Indigenous students, Claire, the retention rate in 2022 was 56%. So the gap between Indigenous students and the national average has reduced by 3% over the last decade. So that's a good thing. Mm. But with completing school, of course, seen as essential to future opportunities, it's one of those things that we need to close the gap on. You can see there is an issue there. These problems are complex. The argument about how to fix it usually comes down to one point. And that's funding. We'll talk about this more later in the series. But just to put this number on your radar, spending on schools nationally is set to reach $319 billion by 2029. 
that's billion with a B. It's a lot of money. So there's lots of concerns about what it will actually deliver, though, in terms of ensuring that the school system delivers. I can't wait to get into those issues later because it's the multi, multi, multi billion dollar question that affects all of our futures. All of our futures. There's no doubt education and society are 100% linked. It really affects all of us. That was fun, Claire. What do we do next? Yeah, well, okay. Next episode, (laughs) we're going to take another look at this sort of education puzzle and TAFE and vocational education is a really big part of it. It's shaped generations of Australia's workforce. There are plenty of questions right now about the role that it plays in helping to create this pipeline of workers into the future. Thanks for listening to this episode. As we said at the top, big thanks to NGS Super who made this series possible. For more about NGS Super, head to ngssuper.com.au please consider the PDS and TMD on the website to see if this product is right for you. We'll be back next week.